I'm Ben Klunt. And I'm Stephen Brown. In 2019, we started this podcast as an accountability tool for our health and our business goals. Through our discussions, interviews, and sharing of our successes and difficulties, we've learned we have a passion for leadership. In 2020, we're striving to grow our own leadership abilities by focusing on learning from great leaders in business and life, and continue to share our successes and struggles on this journey. We'll continue to have raw and candid conversations while sharing our own insights and experiences with our goal being to grow as leaders and as people. You're You're listening listening to Ordinary to Extraordinary. check levels levels look good can you just be less spitty and less shouty this week can you be less of a dick bag (laughs) you said i started off the last one with that i don't know if you can i don't know we'll take a poll on it later we'll see yeah so there's today's podcast that we released when i went to edit it over the weekend and when i say edit i just mean like make sure it sounds good add intro music and stuff ben just sounded really shouty and and so we're back on the pop filter thing we're so back on pop filters. You shouldn't hear every chew noise he makes, every breath he takes, or I don't know. You, when you're talking, it's just like. <sighs> Actually, we're gonna we're gonna do a new thing for Stephen this week, guys. Anyone who knows Stephen or sees him, one of the first things he has to say to you. So, new challenge, Stephen, and you have no choice but to accept it. Is the first thing you say has to be positive to them before you say anything negative. You're the only person I say negative things to because you always act like a dickhead. No. <laughs> so I, you're the head, I'm the bag? Or you're the bag, I'm the head? So. Still. Okay, people, you hear that? It comes out. Positive things. Yeah. And if he doesn't, yeah, he has to buy you a drink. Can you tell we're kind of full of sass and piss and vinegar today? I was in a good mood. I'm still in a good mood. Doesn't mean I can't be full of sass and piss and vinegar. Packers are going to win tonight against the Atlanta Falcons. Mm, that sounds interesting. Anyway, you're, you've had to listen to us for a minute and 40-ish seconds now, so want to frame this. Uh, today's going to be kind of fun. We probably should have a disclaimer that what we're going to talk about does not in any way, shape, or form in terms of compliance. Uh, cons- uh, it's not um, stock advice or asking you to invest in any sector or do anything with your money. I'm trying to protect Ben a little bit here. That's because it's not about asset classes or where your money goes. It's about innovation and adaptation. Some of it's about that for me. So we're gonna talk about innovation and adaptation. But the concept I threw at Ben to talk about today was, hey, let's both of us talk about three sectors, three industries, three technologies, whatever, that we think in the next few years is going to be front and center that people might be sleeping on just now that people might not be taking into account so then i kind of i'm gonna do that. yeah so like i said if if we talk hey you can do what you want with the advice i give because i'm not a financial advisor and i have no fiduciary duty to you or anybody else <laughs> ben on the other hand does actually is that true or not if you put out something to a mass i'm not sure if that's necessarily true well either way if you want to sue us, go for it. But Sue Stephen, don't sue me. We're indemnifying ourselves by saying "fuck you" off the bat. <laughs> we're not going. To, we're not giving advice. We're just saying what we believe. Oh jeez. <laughs> so there you go, Ben. <laughs> Where's that in the fine print of the contract? Client sign. <laughs> we're not saying that. We're just saying. Fuck you. I believe I'm indemnified now. Okay. Well, <laughs> as long as you feel that deep in your heart, Stephen. <laughs> Gosh, I'm sure I gave somebody a giggle there. We, be... we should record that and just pull like when we're like you know before like ten capital when we're going to do a you know particular like online virtual meeting with clients or something like that. Please here listen to the disclaimer prior to the start of our meeting. I tell you what we'll do as part of our intro, we'll change our intro now and we'll have a funny like almost like a you know the drugs and. 
the, the commercial's 15 seconds long, but yeah. then there's a minute 45 seconds talking about side effects. Um, the side effects and, and how we're not liable. Listening to Ordinary to Extraordinary may yeah. cause success. Erectile dysfunction. <laughs> Wait, what? Just, Wait, why did you have to go there? What, what's, who, who's dealing with that? Because that's every man's fear. Oh, yeah, I'm certainly scared of that. I like how my penis works just fine, thank you. Oh, wow, we are innovating and adapting as we go along here. Yeah, that little, which is blue, pill, topic. That little blue pill a few years ago, that made it possible for everybody to innovate and adapt some more into later <laughs> life. <laughs> so how do we see that going in the future? Innovation adaption with ED. I mean, that could be a thing. A robo-penis. You, that could be I a thing. did not want to talk about sex today, and especially not with you, so let's... Uh, <laughs> Let's not go down that path. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Hey, Stephen moved. Are you in your new place? I am in my new place. How are you liking it? I'm in Kendall Yards now. I like it a lot. How's your dog liking it? She enjoyed this morning. A little Going walk for a on walk. Yeah. It's because she can't just go out the back door now, right? No, so it's like she's getting... changed up a little bit. Yeah, she gets more walks every day now. Um, but I think she prefers that. Because... The thing is, like, I would let her out in the backyard anyway, and she'd want to come back in like thirty seconds later. Just go do her business and run she, inside. She's a she's a people person. She she's just wants to be around people. She's like, I love you, I love you. Yeah. So. Yeah. So why don't you or I can? I've got a, a thought or idea. Go for it. And this is a historical thing, a little bit, right? And I was I was thinking about more so innovation and adaptation, not necessarily one of the three things that you want to talk to. Uh, about but just the concept of innovation and adaptation right and we've kind of talked about this in the past how basically sometimes necessity breeds change Mm -hmm. right and i was going back to world war ii when all of the auto manufacturers redid their plants to start doing military equipment airplanes and i mean i was just reading uh henry ford's plant i can't remember the actual name of the plant but it produced eighty-six thousand warplanes planes for for the war i was like eighty six thousand over a one mile long stretch of uh like manufacturing line and then obviously rehabbed it over time and changed it back into doing cars but it's what's interesting is you're seeing that right now too right i mean with people doing face masks like they were changing the doing pp and e what's interesting is and what I, what I love is during those times of necessity, right, people are all of a sudden innovative and they're trying to figure out ways to solve these PP&E problems or they're trying to figure out you know, different military equipment, planes, tanks, whatever it was that they were doing back then in there at the Ford plant uh, in Michigan back in the day to supply the military men and women. It's like, how cool is that? Did, you see the people and it doesn't really matter what their equipment is or the time period i mean the human brain is just always able to adapt and change and create something new right and steven's knocking over his ipad here i am speaking he's got three screens in front of him actually right now his computer his phone or if he can a watch and his watch and his ipad and a soundboard but Mm -hmm. i thought that was kind of cool just like the period that we're at now is very similar i think to that of World War II in terms of innovation and adaptation, not obviously with getting shot at and everything like that and bombs in Pearl Harbor, but... Yeah, it used to be, you know, the old saying is that um, innovation is born of necessity, right? Mm-hmm. So here's an interesting fact for you. My hometown is, is called Greenock, and the college in my hometown is called James Watt College. And James Watt is the guy who is credited with inventing the steam engine now mm. it's kind of a stretch he burnt his hand on a kettle that he was boiling to make tea and realized that there was also pressure pushing on him so he came up with a concept of using steam for energy and propulsion ah. but didn't I, I believe he was involved in creating the engine but it wasn't like oh he invented this type thing so so he's behind the theory there's also no well i, I was going to say there's also i think often an accident it's kind of accidental by nature sometimes when you realize oh we could apply this here and sometimes innovation is and, and it's the second part of this so the adaptation part is it's taking existing technology and innovating to use it in a certain way or adapting to use it in a certain way Mm -hmm. um you know so actually what's kind of cool is we 
uh, interviewed Tyler Alvarado, mm-hmm. right, out at Continuous Composites. Oh, yeah, what they're doing is... And you want to talk about adaptation, right? So they do 3D printing mm-hmm. and doing a great job of it. making things. And so when this whole thing happened, they're like, you know what, we could probably create PP&E for folks. And we actually, you know what we could do? We could actually do 3D printed N95-like masks. Mm-hmm. I say like because they didn't necessarily get the stamp of approval just call them N95 masks. So they were their own version of an N95 mask with replaceable filters. So you see firms like that, that are just innovation machines too. I mean, what I also love is the idea of an R&D department, like at firms, how they have R&D departments, right? Trying to stay ahead of the competition and and be the change, right? Yeah. It's like, instead of being trampled by it, look at Kodak, right? You love yourself a Kodak story. I love the Kodak story. They literally suppressed technology for 10 years until the patent ran out. Yeah. And instead of adapting to work with that technology, they just... They They, they didn't innovate. They did not innovate at all. Actually, what's funny about that is they innovated. They owned the patent. (laughs) They patented it, but they never adapted. No. So they died. Yeah. Which is like, you even owned the rights to it? You didn't even do anything with the rights. You just straight up died. And the, obvi- the obvious obvious similarity is Blockbuster not adapting. Yeah. And Netflix taking over. And now, I mean, Netflix are probably going to struggle here, in my opinion, because you've got hmm. Prime and Disney and Apple. And oh, I'm sure they're if, taking some market share. If, per my uh, prediction, um, Apple buys Disney and consolidates, oh... That's going to take a huge dump on all of those streaming platforms. But I would even go as far as to say, like, if you think back, so I want to say it was like 2005, 2006, when Facebook first hit the scene, right? Um, The concept, if you'd have shown anybody, including Mark Zuckerberg in 2006, where Facebook would be in 2020, Mm -hmm. he'd have laughed at you. He's like, that's not possible. But now we literally have on our phones this app on a device that tracks everything we do from when we wake up to even when we're sleeping, they know what we're looking at, why we're looking at it, what to advertise to us, they know our relationship status, they know who, I mean, you pull up a picture on Facebook now on your Facebook and it's asking you to tag people that you might not even, it's like, well, how do you know that's them, right? I mean, we're talking about all these different technologies that have, from an innovation, right? So Facebook, the only thing that had been like it before, there was a couple of things. There was Bebo and there was MySpace. But now they've grown up to Facebook. Have you watched the new Netflix, The Social Dilemma? I haven't I, watched it yet. I've I'm just been wondering. told to watch it. I have multiple to times too. But I also feel like it's going to be things we've talked about. It's like, yeah, people are completely addicted to that shit. Um, and it's like what I posted this morning from the captain. I don't yeah. know if you saw that. I, I um, clicked through it. People are immersed in these false virtual worlds that, and and things that, you know, you're posting, and mm-hmm. it's like, oh, look how perfect my life is. Wait, it's did really not? You just create a post about social media about how ironic. Like that's pretty ironic. Actually, it's ironic. <laughs> but the, I mean, the only way to reach people these days is social media. Yeah. Well, I, what I have, again, not have not watched The Social Dilemma, but it's what's interesting to me, it sounds like, is all these tech executives that won't let their kids utilize it. Mm-hmm. Like, that's pretty interesting. You're, you're pulling your kids away from it. And I've always said, like, I mean, I see why kids or parents give their kids cell phones, you know, at, at the young age when they're running around with their friends. But yeah. I don't know if I'd necessarily believe that's a good thing to do. Well, there's a thing now, I, mean, I believe it's called, is it Simple Phone? or There's a bunch of them like anyway, that. It's like call four numbers in the phone. Well, it will it. call, it will text. It will actually allow you to do... Um, like LoJack your kid, GPS? Or yeah, and it does some other things. And and they're, they're actually getting a bit of a market share. But what's going to happen is kids are going to have it. It has all the technology of an Android or an iPhone. It's just disabled. No, all that's going to happen is kids are going to figure out how to hack them. And, well, hey, they mom, look, I'm still it. using my basic phone, right? Because, so, I mean, yeah. I know parents can read their kids' text message. They can look at their internet history on their phones, right? And they can just get emailed to mm-hmm. the parent. Like, they can check and see what their kid's looking at at any period of time. Yeah. Which is interesting. So it's been, I mean, this is totally adaptation, right? I mean, look at the systems for tech that have changed over time. I mean, you think about back to when we were kids. I mean, there wasn't even a, nobody had cell phones. Here's an innovation. How about we go backwards to before social media? 
How about we? I, I swear it should be internet, social media, TV, everything. I would love, and this is an overreach by government, so I don't want the government to do it. So don't be thinking that I'm one of those crazy, hey, I want the government and everything ideas. But if we could somehow regulate to where, hey, you can be on this from this time to this time, from five o'clock on, no social media, no friggin', no TV, nothing. It's like, don't do that shit. Interact with people. Let's let's bring back relationships. But that's well, not going to happen. You're, well, that's the hard part, right? In this right now, when people are, kids are doing their studies from home, parents are working from home, everybody's home. They're not even going outside. We were talking about this the other day. It used to be a period of time where kids played hide and seek in the neighborhood, right? We would run up and down the streets and around the park and hide in people's backyards and jump fences and like it was a freaking blast. And now they're playing against each other right across the street in their basement on a video game. It's like, for the love of God, parents. I wish you knew why I was laughing. Did I just describe somebody you know? No. Oh. You described the very first thing that I have in my list. Oh, of course I did. Esports. I think people are sleeping on esports. Now, I want to say this. I despise this concept. I will never invest in it. But I was listening to a Gary Vaynerchuk podcast this morning, and he had this kid on and talking about multi-million dollar contracts because Gary Vaynerchuk owns an esports team. Of course he does. Now... <laughs> I have zero interest in making money off of that shit because I looked this kid up. His name's Bugga. That's his nickname. B U G H A. I'm gonna look this kid um, up. Kyo's his real name, but it's Bugga's like his online handle. B U G H A. And I looked at him and I was like, when I was in school, and I'm not advocating for this, you'd have been picked on and bullied. You you look like a geek. You are a geek. You need to get outside. You need some sunlight on your face. And that kid's a. F- Did you find him on your on your search? He's a fucking millionaire, Ben. Look at look at his his contract that he signed. He's like the champion at one of the games. I want to say uh, Fortnite or something. He's only seventeen years old. Yeah, millionaire contracts for days, and he's on Gary Vaynerchuk's team, right? This esports team. But esports is all over ESPN. You've got kids sitting at home watching other kids play video games they're doing it on youtube they're doing it on facebook they'll live stream their games as they're doing it um and like you said they're sitting across the street from each other playing against each other um and it's gone way beyond two kids sitting in a room playing madden and still interacting with each other or fifa is it bugha is that how you say it b-u-g-h-e yeah he's made nine million dollars through prize money and brand deals he's fucking 17 (laughs) no there are people listening to this who are older than you and I and they're going to hear that this kid's made $9 million at 17 playing video games, right? Mainly attributed to a new deal that he signed with esports agency Vayner Gaming. <laughs> it's nuts, right? But here's why I hate this. I don't, I don't think it's... I mean, at the level he's playing at, that kid's putting in to be the best they're just a professional at anything you're putting in eight to ten hours a day in practicing i mean we're talking further down the line i'm sure he has blue light glasses and all that but he's going to have issues with his back his neck, i mean his back everything but i'm talking more from the eyes even with the blue light blocking glasses they don't block 100 percent of the blue light he's literally not going to be able to sleep he's going to have i mean there's all kinds of issues down the line now, actually that yeah Mm-hmm. Ride that gravy train, kid, because you're going to need the eye You know, he's probably drinking energy drinks all day. And yeah, so you look at those. I, I haven't looked it up, but those sponsorship deals. But yeah, that's a sector that if you want to you want to invest, you want to be on the forefront of a, an up-and-coming market that I would I swear, like, there are people that when you tell them esports is huge, they laugh at you. Yeah. Um, a lot of athletes, because what do they do in their spare time? sit at home with their posse and play video games they're investing in these esports teams there's a ton of money like for a 17 year old to have made 9 million dollars that's crazy playing Fortnite. yeah like most people don't even make that in their entire lifetime and this guy's making it in past year it said the past year so that's my first sector that's what people are sleeping on you want to talk about innovation and adaptation and we can even talk about where it started right you think about the very first playstation 
and the PlayStation 2 when I had those and I was younger. Now, I've never been a big video game guy. I would play FIFA, I would play Madden, I would play NBA 2K. If it was a sports game, I was interested, like shoot 'em ups and puzzle yeah. games. And I've never been into that, right? So, they uh, initially it would be there was two slots for a controller. So, your friend could come to your house, plug in, yeah. and play, yeah. right? And then even Game Boys, you could hook up two Game mm-hmm. Boys. I remember the tether and them. Tetris against each other and stuff like that, Super Mario. And then... Dude, i got to find my Game Boys. Somewhere, and it must have been sort of mid-2000s, like 6, 7, 8 maybe, when internet started getting good enough that latency wasn't an issue and lag wasn't an issue. They're like, hey, we can connect these things to, to, wi- to not to Wi-Fi at that point, to the internet. Mm-hmm. And you could probably play against somebody in China. Totally. And yeah, that's what's happening now. Dude, I had friends in sixth grade that were elementary school, you know, on down. Yeah. That were just gamers. Like, they would sit at the computer for hours and just game. And I got... And then they'd want you to come over and watch them play the game, which I'm like, shoot me in the head. That's the most boring yeah. thing in my life. Why don't I come over and watch a girl put makeup on again? Yeah. That'd be that's more That's comparable fun. for me. That'd be more fun um, than, than watching a dude play a, a video game. But, but yeah, did you think they could make a million dollars or nine million dollars from doing it? Think about there's that. There's stuff anymore, Stephen, that I'm just like, you know what? I used to be surprised. But then again, working in finance, you figure out how much money some people make in random things. You're like, you can... Mm-hmm. What? I'm not like, what am I... T- what is... Ah, ah, what's going on? Yeah. So my first one, kind of, and it's kind of just because I like cars, right? Oh, you Jesus. know I like cars, yeah, oh, Jesus. And it's not necessarily even a hidden thing in terms of what people are going to... Funny that you went with sports and I'm going with cars, actually. This is... You love sports, I like Stop. cars. Stop. Esports is not a sport. That's the most ridiculous name mm-hmm. because it's not a sport. Mm, yeah, okay. You might have really evolved thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting there doing your thumb workouts. Oh, one, two. But so my first one, and more so, it's really the battery pack behind it, but is electric vehicles, right? I mean, you think about it, I think electric vehicles had always been something that was kind of mm-hmm. a nice thought. Like, well, yeah, of course we'd like electric vehicles, right? And, and you think about it, early 2000s, they were really, there was a kind of, when it started, the buzz around electric vehicles, vehicles came about. And it wasn't until they started putting like legislation in place that was demanding some of these manufacturers hit certain like EPA ratings on gas rigs. Can we right? talk about this for a second? Can I freeze you? No. And then <laughs> <laughs> that that it really started coming about, right? Okay, now you can. California just passed something. Gavin Newsom. Yeah, by like twenty thirty five or something yeah. like that. All electric. No internal combustion engines in the state. I'm like, that is absolute nonsense. Well, that is that, so unattainable. And do you want to know the ultimate irony of this? Yeah, you shoot your tourism foot. No, the ultimate irony of this is they just chased the guy who's making the fucking electric vehicles out their state. Did Tesla pull out of California? He's going to Texas. He's been saying it for months. Okay. Elon well, Musk it. I haven't heard that he's- is going to go to Texas. He's going to follow Joe Rogan to Texas. Well, they're all going to be leaving California. Yeah. yeah. Why would you stay in a state that's going to tax the shit out of you? All this, this is not a political statement, by the way, but all this carbon net neutral bullshit, when you look at the countries in Europe that they're trying to compare it to, Germany claims to be net neutral on carbon. Do you know why? Because they import wood from the United States. Because they didn't cut it down and because they didn't do anything to to um, prep it they're saying that they're net neutral but they're still using the fucking products and then that's who they're saying that it's we like, have so to just because yeah. anyway sorry for the rant but Gavin Newsom's a moron and I'm going to talk about another moron governor further down the line okay, as well calm down good <laughs> lord this is my first one not yours so but what I also like is the battery pack behind it all right the thought that you can power your entire house you know like Tesla's come out with these home based battery systems it's like at what point are you just totally like off grid in the suburbs even too it's like then you're not relying on any government anymore it's like you've got a battery pack baby it's like the people with generators so to me I kind of wonder as we go more the way of working from home I mean I just went to a yesterday uh going away party for some friends that are moving to Montana because they're both working from home now. 
they're up and leaving and moving to Montana. And, uh, you know, it's like, man, you think about that. These people that w- that kind of want to be off-grid, but all these off-griders want internet still. It's the funny thing I'm noticing is that it's like they're going to have generator, solar, you know, some type of battery system or whatever in their house and internet. <laughs> hmm. I don't know. I just think that's an area we're going to see a lot more. I mean, I, I follow a company called Atlas Motors in a pickup truck that they're looking at producing. I don't know if you pay attention and refer to them at our ATLIS with a 35,000 pound towing capacity. How massive that is? 35,000. The F-150, the half-ton pickup right now that's out, which is got one of the highest towing capacities, is like at 11,000 some odd pounds in towing capacity, right? For an F-150, a half-ton pickup, which is huge, in my opinion at least. These guys want 35,000 pounds. I mean... They're definitely more. Com- that's a more comparable to a I mean, another one, but it looks like an F one fifty to some degree. So here's one for you, and want you to consider this: the uh, the materials. There's a couple of things here. First off, the materials used to make the battery packs that you're talking about, even in the electric cars, not net neutral carbon. Absolutely terrible for the environment, right? You can look into that if you yeah, want. How much damage are you doing? Second just to thing, net neutral? right? I don't know how many cars there are in the United States, but I'll hazard a guess that the percentage of those that are fully electric as opposed to hybrid, so no gas getting used, is a fairly small percentage. Mostly because Tesla can't keep up with demand. I mean, they're months and years sometimes behind mm-hmm. on orders, right? So let's say. Again, I'm going to shit on California because it's an absolute dumpster fire down there. Um, hey, it's literally on fire. Don't be saying fire stuff like that right now. I'm going to say what I want. It's sensitive. One of the best things that could happen to California, as long as nobody gets hurt, is the whole state burns down and start over. Wow. Um, <laughs> wow. Anyway, the, uh, the thing about they don't have enough electricity. So do you know where California's electricity comes from? Probably our rivers. Washington. Yeah. Washington, Oregon. You know whose water they also want? Idaho. Yeah. They we give them water. water. We give them power. So get this. They have these rolling blackouts right now because they don't have enough power plus the heat and everything else. So they're going to make everybody use electric cars that have to be charged every night, every day. You have a tiny percentage of electric cars on the road just now. So you're going to need more electricity to make them work because they're not solar powered. They're not wind powered. So in 15 years, do you really think California is going to have the power to power these electric cars? So you've been big on electric cars for a long time. You've talked to me about it. I think it's a pipe dream pie in the sky. I think there's going to be before electric is mainstream I think you're going to find that there's going to be a stable hydrogen power no maybe but that's there just seems to I'm be saying. a lot more people working on electric than hydrogen but you'd be surprised look up look it up there's a lot of people working on hydrogen hydrogen go boom hydrogen can go boom so can electric can like go. I said it has to be a stable hydrogen and it has to be small enough that even if it does go kaboom, it's not going to go big kaboom. The concentrated kaboom. <laughs> yeah. So concentrated I think hydrogen's the way forward as opposed to electricity. Plus, you want to talk net neutral? Hydrogen is everywhere anyway. So I think the other part of the whole electric portion, though, is like so once the batteries and the cores are bad, I know they can repurpose them. So maybe I just don't know enough about it. But it's like, so they just repurpose the core of the battery and use it again? Mm-hmm. Like, is that what we're going to do with these yeah. big house batteries? Like, do they go bad? Yeah. Which I love the concept of it. And I think there's definitely, I mean, I know you don't think so. I think it's going to catch on. I think it will catch uh, on. I just think people are going to realize in five or 10 years that the sustainability of it is 0% chance. And it could be a fad. Yeah. We, we already, in this country, the grid does not generate enough power. So how can we then generate enough power to charge cars every night? Uh, just burn coal. Renewables <laughs> don't generate enough. So... You know, we have it in this state. We have plenty of water running. So mm-hmm. I think it's like 90% of the energy in Washington 
comes from water and the rest is hydro. That map that from the Columbia River going mm-hmm. down to California. Yeah, it's cool. All the little tributaries. That, it's not cool. They're trying to steal our water. Oh, you mean <laughs> the water? I thought you meant how we generate power. Well, it's not cool. Yeah. What are you talking about? No, if you ever it's, get the chance on your way home from Portland, there's a couple of the dams there. You can actually visit them. I want to yeah. say it's the Bonneville Dam, and they tell you all of the, the one about outside it. The Dalles. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Bonneville Dam. And I mean, those were built by the Army Corps of Engineers back in the 50s, 40s, 50s, yeah, like long time ago. And they're still there and they're still Coolie generating City, power. Big old so dam. Cool. All right. dam. Let's move on from electric energy. Okay, because go to your second one. My second one is one that, again, when I say it, people are going to be like, what? But don't be sleeping on it because you're already using it a lot. Augmented reality. Do you know what that is? Yes. What is it? It's augmented reality. <laughs> it's kind of like virtual reality or whatever. Those glasses you put on, right? And you can get yeah. a tour of inside no. so the it, car you're going to go look at. Virtual reality can be a component of augmented reality. But augmented reality is like when you put a filter on your Snapchat, on your Facebook, on your Instagram pictures, or when you have something on a screen that you're superimposing onto a real life image. So it's an interactive experience of a real world environment where the objects that reside in the real world are enhanced by computer generated perceptual information. So it's like Photoshop. Sometimes across multiple (laughs) sensory modalities, including visual, auditory, haptic. So essentially what we're talking about Magazines have been doing for years. (laughs) Yeah, so think about it from a from this perspective there's there's so many applications but i wanted to i've already talked about snapchat instagram and facebook but if you think about this from i think the coolest way that this technology can be used is in advertising so let's say you're you see a billboard and you can put your phone up on the billboard or even a magazine there's a picture of a, a new porsche right and you put your patrick you use your phone and you over basically the, on your screen you can go to a part of the car and click on it and it will zoom in and show you what the steering wheel and the dashboard looks mm-hmm. like and then you go to the back of the car and you can see what the trunk looks like you can click on the tires it will show you the tires show you them and so all of these different uh manufa- uh sorry uh marketing uh applications um and then I think and beyond they do that, that now is what you're saying. Right? Some people yeah, do it, like, yeah. It's still not really that. caught on because initially when AR was brought around, and we've got a company here in Spokane, Gravity Jack, that yeah. they own a lot of patents on this stuff. So when it blows up, um, in fact, Jen Ritchie, their uh, CEO, she told me a story. She's like, when we got into this, we did a Google search for augmented reality and there was like two results, no more, no less, two results. And it was like, wow, that's pretty freaking crazy. So then, um, then um, we, uh, in that conversation, it just, she started talking about the different applications. That's something we should probably have on. She would come in and talk to us, um, her and her husband, Luke. But yeah. yeah, they started the company. They've done some really cool things with it. But I think augmented reality is going to be huge. I think what we're going to see is an immersive TV, computer, and entertainment experience to where... <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> oh, tickle. COVID cough. Great, thanks. We'll, uh, we'll be in a movie, and instead of people saying, don't use your cell phone in the movie, your cell phone is going to come into the movie theater and be used. So on your screen, you're going to be able to make a decision or see something that you'll only be able to see on your phone or I think there's going to be a a move in that direction to where entertainment becomes fully immersive and I think our phones and augmented reality are going to play a big part of that that's going to be interesting to see if that actually catches because there's I think there's also a movement or something that's hatching where it's like this is almost getting to the point where it's like this is too much yeah and I think there's like people think this is going to be the next big thing and then a lot of folks out there are like no i'm done with this i'm going back to my nokia brick that mm-hmm. like i mean i feel that way sometimes like this is too much tech yeah we're removing the human element from a lot of this right and at what point does that become dangerous mm-hmm. well look i mean 10 years ago 
I thought Twitter was ridiculous. Like, why the hell does anybody want a Twitter? Then I started following some athletes. I interacted with some famous people, like, one-on-one. Like, they responded to me. I'm like, oh, Twitter's kind of cool. Now, can you imagine the world without Twitter? Yeah, what would Donald Trump do? Yeah. (laughs) That's the thing about Donald Trump, though. Like, you could literally silence him. You, he could lose the ability to speak and he could still inflame people because of Twitter. He could still be tweeting all over yeah. the place. It's, it's bananas. But yeah, I didn't and that see... That was not a political statement. I didn't see the application for, for uh, that. I think the, the biggest lesson in what we're talking about today is, hey, if you have an idea and you have some know-how and practical application, patent the shit out of it. because Come to Ben and Stephen first for potential investment opportunity. <laughs> tell you, I invented Uber. Years before it ever happened. Oh, everybody has a good idea. Yeah. That's <laughs> just the thing. Act ideas it. abound. Yep. Action does not. Yep. So everybody has that thing like, man, I could, like, I think you've said it before. Like, I could have bought that building for $10 back in 1923. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, you're really old for one. Yeah. I guess if you're alive in 1923. But I, oh, I had that same idea. I mean, I've said that multiple times too. It's like, well, what'd you do about it? Nothing, right? There's the innovation side. You had an innovative idea, but you never adapted. You yeah. never changed your behavior to act on it. All right, so, what you got? What's your next one? My one is, is I, I, I really saw, this is my, my geez, Stevens clanking chairs. I really saw potential threats, if you will. And so that's how I looked for opportunity. And a, a threat that I see, or I guess it depends on how you look at it, it's a threat to certain industries, uh, restaurants being one of them, or it could boom them. I don't know. We'll find out. But is just an overall at-home movement. And but what that, by that I mean is people are working from home, which means they're going to be ordering a lot more stuff at home. And like we've talked about, it, I, I'm interested to see how many people actually go back out to eat. Or I'm not saying they won't. I'm just saying I don't think it's going to be the same amount of people that go back to restaurants that were dining out prior. Because mm. I think folks are realizing, wait a second, I can get takeout and just bring it home and ch- chill on my back deck. Or I can, we can have the friends over and this, this is comfortable too. And we don't have a bunch of people interrupting us or being loud. Like, and I can hear my friends and make my own cocktail. There are only three kinds of food that should be delivered. <laughs> Here comes another Stephen personal opinion. <laughs> Chinese, always great when you get it delivered. Pizza, always great when you get it delivered. Sandwiches, always great when you get them delivered, like Jimmy John's or whatever. Outside of that, the second you put something in a plastic dish and that condensation's all over it right. and you get it home, I don't care how good the restaurant is. And again, you can call this an opinion if you want. I'm saying it's fucking hard fact. <laughs> it's not as good. The right. best cheeseburger in the world with the best fries in the world. You get them home. And now you lift the fries up. They're not crisp anymore. They're half soggy. The cheeseburger's still delicious, but it's not as delicious as if you're sitting there eating it in the restaurant. No, I, I don't disagree. So those are my three kinds of food I think can be delivered. Thai too. I, mm, Thai, mm, yeah, we'll, we'll say Asian. We'll say Asian. Okay. And I would never have sushi delivered. That's Nah, that's a no-no. Um... <laughs> But again, just my opinion. You live across the street from one now. I totally get where you're going with this. But I think the people that make that decision you're talking about need to be locked up in an asylum. (laughs) And their kids need to be taken off of them. And we should all point and laugh at them because they're loonies. Good lord. And not the kind of loonies that can be helped. See what I have to deal with people? (laughs) Sorry, we've talked about mental health. And I'm like, that's not a mental health problem. That's just a lunatic. (laughs) <laughs> how so I'm differentiating here I'm just saying that they've, they've bought into something the hype that yeah there's a there's a pandemic just now but restaurants are for me and like I said I totally see where you're going and I do believe that that's going to happen and there's going to be a quote unquote at home movement yeah I didn't know what else to call it so we're going to call it the at home movement but I just feel like there's so much more to interaction. The, the interactions are an important part of the restaurant. The the atmosphere, the ambience. Like your home can just not replicate like certain stuff. things. Like it's even like I don't drink at home. Like people invite me over to their house. I don't even want to drink in somebody else's house. It's like nah, this is. It's just, it's See, a, but you're weird. Maybe, but <laughs> I just 
It, you can't Most re- people don't care about that. Even when people have a home bar, it's not a bar. It's You've got a bunch of booze and a wooden thing that you put it on that looks like a bar, but it's not a bar. So, yeah. I, like I said, I, I can totally see where you're going with it. I just can't see it being more than just a few weirdos here and there. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. Because, yeah. I mean, if there is more people that are working from home, they're less likely to go out, too, I think. Because they're going to have to get changed, take a shower, put on some pants, which leads me to another thing. I am interested to see if they're, hey, maybe we should start selling short, uh, this is not investment advice. <laughs> start selling short, uh, you know, designer clothing companies. Because if you're working from home, people are going out less. Why are they going to go spend $250 on jeans? Because of social media, people still want to post and, yeah, maybe. I, I don't I think don't that. I mean, people like me, why would I go spend 200 and something dollars on jeans for work <laughs> if we're working from home? You joked about this earlier. You're like, oh, go, go and buy sweatpants. Yeah, I was joking about it, but I, there's some seriousness to it too, right? If people are working from home, they're going to wear more just comfortable attire. I mean, everybody I talk to, yeah, they wear their slacks and their collared shirt to work or they wear their whatever the female wants to wear to work, right? And But with their working from home, did you put on slacks? I mean, I didn't put on slacks and a collared shirt when I was working from home. I don't own slacks, and if you ever call them slacks again, I'm going to reach across the table and slap slacks. you. They're trousers slacks. and shirts. Slacks. What the fuck slacks. is this? Why are they called slacks? I don't know. Because you're in America. Call them trousers. Well, go to Scotland. You can call them trousers. <laughs> <laughs> so, go home then. Go call them trousers. Why are they called slacks? I don't know. Find out. Why That's you... the fashion industry. No, the fashion industry calls them trousers. Or pants even. I'll accept pants. Although Slack in the pants. UK, if you say pants, people think you're talking about undercrackers. Undercrackers. Underpants, yeah. Lord. So, anyway, I'm going to... This is my third sector. Okay, third And I can, I can back this up, but you're probably too late to get on the gravy train. But I've made a lot of money off of this one this year. And that should tell Ben what it is. Um, but my, my third, and this is in the US. So if you're listening in the UK, I'm about to tell you how good you've got it and how weird it's been here for a long, long time. Um, but sports betting. Yeah, you like yourself in sports betting. And being able to bet on anything. Do you know that this is the first time ever in the US this year that you can gamble legally and bet on who's going to win the presidential election? That's the first time? First time this year. Hmm. Now, in the UK... This is going along the same lines of your gaming. No, this is is different. Or sports. So there are two stocks that I bought earlier this year. I bought DraftKings at $17, and I bought Penn National Gaming at $15. DraftKings is trading at $60 right now, and Penn is trading at $70 right now, today. The reason I got in, now there was some inside information, but not really inside information. It wasn't inside information. It was just me applying common sense from what was announced. I'm going to have to remove myself from this podcast now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Goodbye. It was inside my head information. Um, So DraftKings is a game that I've played for a while. You're not allowed to do it in Washington except the free games. But essentially you pick eight people from NFL or basketball and you say, I can remove that part, don't worry. (laughs) And you say, these are my eight people. They're going to get points and then you win money on it. DraftKings this year during the pandemic had their biggest weekend on golf. You can also do golf. And it was when there was only four players on. And it's because they offered live betting. So you could bet per hole on your phone. Who's going to win the hole? What's their score going to be? Right? So their largest grossing weekend of golf ever only had Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, um, Tom Brady, and Peyton Manning on the course. Nobody else. So not even a full field. Right? So... Live betting, being able to bet on whatever you want. DraftKings are taking bets on the presidential debate. So this is more similar. They're they're decades behind Europe and the UK because in the UK, there are guys that have had bets and they've walked in and they've said, my son's going to play professional soccer by the time he's 21. 
and they'll make a phone call and they'll give him odds on that and you can put money on it. Um, and then Penn, National Gaming, they bought um, a controlling stake in Barstool Sports, Dave Portnoy's company. Um, why are you making this face? Nothing, I'm just waiting. So they bought a controlling stake in that and they um, have rebranded all of their current sports books throughout the country as Barstool Sports sports books. I've heard of Barstool. Yeah. But, I mean, think about that. And I won't tell you what I bought in for. I'll just say that I made a good amount of money on both. But $17 to $60 in an eight-month period, six-month period, and $15 to $70. I mean, that's a huge... That's a good return. Yeah. So there's money to be made. Um, and I'll say the other gambling... So the, the, the reason I like sports gambling... I, I, I do like to gamble. I'm not a gambling addict by any means. Um, but the reason I like sports gambling... Depends on who you ask. Is even though there's an element of chance, there's also a lot of learning, right? And you can parlay. So you can take eight or ten games over different sports and say, look, these two teams should win. I'm going to put money on them. These two teams should win. This guy should get 25 points. You know, this is funny. If we're going to relate it back, well, we're not going to relate it back, but we're on the kind of touching around the investment topic, right? A little bit with your talk. Yeah. The funny thing, we did a commentary on this. And I think you probably watched it or or at least saw the title, Speculating Versus Investing. Mm -hmm. We're totally talking about speculating on asset classes, essentially, right? And this is funny because this is actually really hard for me to do because in my mind, I'm bringing up things. Well, yeah, it could be that, you know, one of, the, one of the things I wrote down was country clubs. I'm like, well, country clubs, who goes? But then there's this that could be the threat. It's like, mm-hmm. so that's why I don't, I'm, I'm not good at this side because I don't, I, I, I'm not trained to speculate. I'm trained to invest, which means yeah. there's an opportunity potentially that long term that plays or that it goes under. There's a chance that EV vehicles, there's a chance that uh, electronic betting and online sports or whatever the hell we call that. Esports. Esports. Like, that all this stuff happened. So I'm not going to go all in on any of that. Nah, me either. Because it'd be a really bad decision. But I am going to, to take calculated risks. And like you said, you're speculating. Which is, which is a speculation. Yeah. But the, the thing is, and this is what people probably don't understand about your job, is you guys aren't speculators. You're not stock pickers per se. No. Um, nor do I want my financial analyst to be, or financial planners or wealth managers or whatever you want to call them. bets. I don't want them to do that. I want them to look at the market, look at the cyclical nature of it, and be diversifying asset classes and different um, different avenues that have shown a return over time. Yeah. Now, I will take a portion of what they have and say, hey, you can be more aggressive with this. So if there's something that's experimental, something that you believe in, let's have a discussion about it. and. You know, if you can make a compelling case, then yeah, maybe we move into, you know, so again, and you can probably speak to this better than I can, but I'm going to speculate in a way that could or could not be right. 10 years ago, if you'd have said to someone in the stock market who was a broker, hey, I want you to go out and only invest in socially responsible companies, companies that are neck, neck, wherever they are on their carbon and you know, they're not doing this and they're doing, you know, they have to have full equality, 50-50 men and women and all the rest of it. They would have laughed at you, right? But now that's an actual asset class that you can buy into or, or funds that you can buy into that yeah, will... If yeah, like faith-based or ESG yeah. and socially it's, conscious. It's crazy. Yeah. It, like, like I said, 10 years ago, I think you would have laughed pretty at. well too. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they're valid asset class. So The story I tell is that Levi's were losing investors because mm-hmm. to make one pair of jeans there's thousands of gallons of water basically yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen how they make I cotton did. Yeah. and Levi changed their whole process to recycle the water over and over and over again so now they can not waste a shitload of money just make sure I didn't put my mic on backwards and yeah, I saw like you that. doing that, that. <laughs> I was like that would be bad I could have probably told so you so my last one actually up. is and I just wrote it down because I think it's kind of interesting is and a lot of this is just centered around COVID in my mind, right? It's like people have been spending a lot more time at home. I've talked to a lot of people. They've been talking about how they really like spending time with their family again, right? I mean, they've been forced to spend time with their family and they're looking for activities and things to do. And 
I think some of that will stick. I think it's the same as uh, the at-home thing that I talked about a little bit, right? But they're looking for, they're going out hiking more. I mm-hmm. kind of wonder if this is the saving grace for country clubs. Country clubs? Yeah. Why? Because they were dying. There were a period of time where they were dying. People were working a lot. They were commuting both ways. If people are now staying home, working from home, mm-hmm. right? Working from home, that's less time commuting. A lot of those families live in the suburbs. They now belong back to a country club again. I mean, you think about it, the average age of those of a country club was not. It was old, right? And it still is. And I bet you the sacrilegious thing to many golfers is that the, it, the families are going to come and the guys are going to come, but they're not going to play 18 holes. They're going to play nine holes, which somebody told me the other day is like kissing your sister. Um, it becomes more of a family unit thing than a bunch of old farts playing 18 holes and grabbing a whiskey with their buddy afterwards. And there's more social aspect to it. And I don't know if I'm just getting more exposure to it, so maybe I think that right now, you know, from friends joining and being yeah, out there. Maybe. But I'm so, like, I can see, I can see how this could take on with the social spin that they're that they're bringing to it because they're bringing. If you're working from home, you're not getting that social interaction. You're looking for things for your kids to do. You want to get them outside and swinging a club or hit a baseball bat or something active, right? It's like, huh, that kind of hits all of the points there. I see some of the thought process. Like, I, I feel like I'm, this is a math equation, and I can see you're working. And in one vein, you've got, you've written out your equation, and it's like, okay, I can see how he got there. But then at the end, I'm like, that's a completely wrong answer. <laughs> and I, I'll tell you why, right? Um, and again, opinion-based. Yeah, only time will tell. The fundamental nature of a country club is golf, right? So I believe that the I reason... I kind of wonder if that's changing, though. Potentially. There's obviously swimming pool and restaurant and stuff as well, but golf, swimming pool, restaurant are the three facets of most country clubs, right? Um, Maybe a hotel, but nowhere. Golf used to be an elite sport Mm -hmm. you had to be of a certain stature standing in the community to play anywhere near regularly right in the last 25 to 30 years golf has become so much more accessible every city in the country in this country and even in europe it's uh not as hoity-toity you can i mean you can go on courses here in jeans i don't like that but there's courses here that allow you on in jeans tank tops you know there's uh it's just much more accessible therefore cities have realized municipalities have realized that there's money to be made by having golf courses Mm -hmm. by assigning Mm -hmm. well now people are going to play this sport i mean you look at even we we play downriver quite often you think about every 10 minutes 12 minutes i think they assign every 12 minutes from 6 30 a.m and this is in high season every 12 minutes from 6 30 a.m until probably six o'clock at night when the last go off around the golf is running 50 bucks because most people don't do the discount card that rent a cart so you're making 200 dollars off of four schlubs that are out there playing every 12 minutes that's big business so what you're doing is you're making it accessible because you know you don't have to have the membership and the the assessments and the do's and hey we want to put a new roof on the clubhouse so we're just going to charge you two grand Mm -hmm. so i think that's the first aspect that i think you're overlooking that golf is just more accessible and golf's a staple for all country clubs the second thing i think you're overlooking and it's kind of in the same vein in that stature used to be the number one thing right used to want to say hey i belong to the country club i'm a member of this country club and me and the boys are there like you said smoking cigars and drinking whiskey what have you so as a young executive let's say you or i at 30 35 40 whatever we are the only way we could climb the ladder and socially interact with those guys was that a country club was that a country club yeah social media email um i think more access outside of chambers of commerce has changed it to where 
we've talked about this before, you and I can pick the phone up and have access to CEOs, CFOs, mm -hmm. just by making a few phone calls. Yeah, or an introduction. Or an introduction. And it's much easier. So now we don't have to go to the country club to get an introduction. Now it's, hey Ben, can you introduce me to your father? He owns a company. I don't have to go to the country club to meet your dad. You make an email intro and I've got a lunch set with him for two days later, right? Mm -hmm. So I just think there's multiple facets there. And like I said, I can see you're working and I don't disagree that people are going to have more time with disposable income and look to, to be part of something. But I do think there's... Yeah, Those I don't two. think that it'll be like everyone's going to join the country club, right? Yeah. You think about this when it, from an investment standpoint, you don't look at it and think, oh my gosh, that's where the entire industry is going, right? Mm -hmm. It's This is where this particular asset class or this particular niche is going. Yeah. So to say that everybody that golfs is going to join the country club is asinine because that's not going to happen. Yeah. It'll be, yeah, there's certainly going to be those that go to municipalities. But if we are looking at the growth rate of that of someone who's just going out golfing, versus that the growth rate of a country club, I bet you the country club growth rate outpaces that of a municipal golf course. Perhaps, but... And it might be based on revenue base. There's still a stigma with country clubs. Yeah, I don't disagree. There's but a stuff I will say, I think with social media, that that matters even more now. Because <laughs> people want to go tag that they're at the freaking country club. But I think there's more people that are like, I don't want to be at the country club. Like, that's a that's a prick that goes there. That's a guy that thinks that's where the world starts and ends. So, I don't know. And the people that are tagging themselves in those don't really care about those yeah. people either. Like so I said, <laughs> I see you're working. I understand you're thinking. I just subtly disagree yeah. that that's exactly. going to see a huge resurgence. We'll see. Time will tell Yeah. in all of this. Um, I hope esports doesn't. I hope that falls on its ass. Like, I don't want that to be a thing. I, I don't want kids... a lot kids, of these e-stuff actually does. I don't want kids saying to a teacher, I don't need to learn this because I'm really good at Fortnite. I'm really good at Call <laughs> of Duty. I can play Madden better than anybody. I don't need to do math. And it's like, nah, come on, son. Well, Wake up. What happens when the industry shifts? But then you look at that, right? So this 17-year-old that, kid... So, Nine like I said, he was interviewed on uh, the Gary Vaynerchuk podcast thing. Yeah. And he was talking about him being one of the older guys. What I don't want, um, and there's a, there's a huge history of this. If you look at Britney Spears, Miley Cyrus, uh, Christina Aguilera, like, I think Justin Timberlake might be the only one I can think of off the top of my head that's... And, and maybe Christina Aguilera that are really well-adjusted. But do you, do you remember Aaron Carter? Little blonde kid, yeah. you know what Was he's doing. You know what he's doing for a living now. No, he's Jing his D on a website. He's what? Jing his D. Oh, I didn't want to say choking the chicken. Yeah, yeah. And recording it on a website and making money <laughs> for it. Swear to God, child porn star thinks. Or sorry, child uh, uh, music star, but I just think when fame and fortune comes oh young, gosh. you are not in a position mentally or emotionally to deal with that and you're just not right you're not normal again there's people that I like and think are cool and funny but do you if you look at Britney Spears Instagram every day she posts these things and it's like you are not well adjusted you are a f you are not okay Travis Pop is going to hate you so much that's okay okay um, by the way the definition of slacks oh my god semi-formal trousers that are less formal than those part of a suit but suitable for wearing in most offices and therefore nowadays no longer considered usual casual trousers trousers though right you said trousers so, twice no longer considered casual trousers so what are they i don't know yeah so anyway so they're semi-formal trousers that are less formal than those of a pantsuit yeah. Essentially, so okay. trousers are the overarching parent. Basically, it sounds like. Okay, I still hate that term. <laughs> but yeah, sorry to talk about people J and their D as well for a living. Jeez, but, dude. Um, yeah, there you go. So why not bring it up twice? Sorry to talk about that. Let me let me bring it up again. So let us know what you think. If you guys think that there's another industry that we're sleeping on, or a sector, oh, or a vertical, is. or um, there's tons of them. Yeah, um, totally. But yeah, those were just the three that I came up with and the three that Ben came up with, and we thought it'd be fun to talk about it. Uh, like us, rate us, review us, shoot us some feedback, share us. We love when people say, hey, 
this person told us to listen to the podcast and then they do um, and we will uh, we'll be back next week I'm working on a, a guest but I gotta run it by Ben first oh, um, Stephen's guests sometimes can be kind of scary <laughs> this will be a good one I think are, are you sure yeah <laughs> well see now we're gonna have to be <laughs> we're gonna have mom be like oh I wonder if it was that person <laughs> yeah I, I hope so <laughs> okay I, oh and I mentioned one earlier we're gonna try and get them on too so all right well um until the next time we appreciate you guys ben's trying to steal my line so i'll let him have it be good to yourselves and to each other boom